Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. He's so good. He's so faithful. Amen. All right, open your Bible to... 1 John chapter 1, and look up here, and I want to encourage you, as I mentioned last week, to follow along on our app. There's a Devo on there. We're doing everything that we can to help you grow and get the most out of these messages, and today is part two of the fellowship series, and last week we talked about... um, what fellowship is really like, where it originates, and fellowship actually originates in God himself. And he was the fundamental definition of fellowship, and it's as follows. Fellowship is our collective participation in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that brings deep happiness. So we were just worshiping God, and as we collectively worship God, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, I will be in their midst. How many feel the presence of Jesus in this place? Hallelujah. The fruit of that is joy. And we talked about the fact that what happens is is God shares himself with us. Here's how you define fellowship. God shares himself with us. And he's so big, so amazing, so powerful that then we meet together and we share that little uh, uh, a drop of God, of who he is. We share it with one another. And as we share that with one another, we encourage one another. We build one another up. Have you ever had someone say something that you needed to hear? You didn't get it from God, but you got it from God through them. How many know that's what you call fellowship? So you receive from God, God shares himself with you, and then you share with other people, and then something beautiful is released. And that's what's supposed to happen all the time that we're together because we're the body of Christ. One of the things that um, I always pray that someone who walks into our church I think they they should be greeted at least a dozen times, 12 times. I'm going to say, man, at least 12 times, 12 hugs, 12 hellos. Why? Because, Because God is so loving and so wonderful that we just have to share him. And the Lord's house is supposed to be an amazing place to come and experience what he does for his people. How many are glad for what the Lord has done for us? Could we put our hands together? Amen. Amen. So something powerful happens when we gather together in his name and we're sharing him. Now today, I'm going to read a few more verses. This series is based on the first 10 verses of 1 John chapter 1. Siri just kind of started talking to me. Mind your business, Siri. So um, it's going to cover 10 verses uh, in 1 John chapter 1. Last week we went like 1 through 4. Today we're going to go all the way through 7. And then I'm also going to read right after that a few verses uh, from the book of Proverbs. And here's why. Today's message is actually describing what living fellowship out is like. And how it happens. So last week we learned that fellowship, that's a sneeze right there. (laughs) Whew. She had to get that one out. (laughs) Praise the Lord. God bless you big time. Okay, help me concentrate, Lord. So last week we talked about that fellowship starts between God's sharing, and now today we're going to really look at how it happens here for us on the earth. It's like there's another layer 
um, being revealed to us. And there are some, there's an abiding example that God wants to bring to us so that we could understand fellowship. And I want to say this. As, as I start to read, I want you to really ask the Lord to help you open your heart. And here's why. Because part of to, the purpose of today's message is to really challenge the notion, or should I say dispel the notion, that coming to church is a cultural thing. You know, people love saying that. Oh, that's your culture. Okay? Coming to church has nothing to do with culture. It takes place in a cultural context, but has nothing to do with culture. Today's message also um, dispels the notion that we are here because of some kind of obligation. Okay? And so very this today's message is really important for our hearts, for our relationship with God. So I want to go ahead and, and start reading. Okay, we read this last week. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. This is John, one of the 12, one of the apostles. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Everyone, two words, ready? So that... So that you also may have fellowship with us. Again, here is the definition, the description of fellowship. The apostle John is saying, look, we were with Jesus. Jesus shared himself with us. And now we're sharing Jesus with you. He shared himself with us. Now we're sharing Jesus with you. Why are we sharing Jesus with you? So that we could have fellowship. Jesus shares himself with us. We share Jesus with other people so that we could have fellowship. Nowhere else on the planet can this type of fellowship take place. Only in the kingdom of God, in the presence of God. People receiving from God and sharing God. And that's right where Jesus is. In the most difficult circumstances, in the most uh, 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 hard places of this world. There are two people right now, they could be in a cave, they could be in a forest, they could be in a prison, they could be in Cook County right now, and they could be looking over a couple of verses, and they did a lot of crazy things, and they're there because they were convicted, but it doesn't matter. They're serving God now. They've opened up their lives to Christ, and they say, look at what the Bible says, look at what I hear, and all of a sudden, Jesus is right in that prison cell, hallelujah. Jesus becomes a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Oh my goodness, there's no one like Jesus. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. And it could take place in Starbucks. It could take place at your job, in the parking lot, in the park. All day, every day, if we're open, we can be sharing Jesus and Jesus will show up. And we can have fellowship. Okay, so it says, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, we write this to make our joy complete. Because when we're sharing God, what we experience is deep happiness. Okay, so let's keep going. This is for today's message now. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Ready? Three words, everyone. God is light. Very important. When we talk about fellowship, we have to understand who God is. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. 
If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now I want to read another passage to help today's message. Proverbs chapter 4, two verses, says this. This is another way to describe this issue of light. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is deep darkness, and they do not know what makes them stumble. Now this is very, very important for us to know, because as he's explaining fellowship, he wants us to know today, this is the title of the message, is that fellowship, true fellowship, is in his light. True fellowship takes place in his light. If it's not in his light, it's not true fellowship. And we as believers need to understand God loves us so much. He cares for us so much. And what he wants to do is he wants to bless us with his light. Light is an expression of the nature of God, or an example. It's a natural example of his supernatural nature. In other words, God is like and wants to be like a sunrise, but in our hearts. So look at this sunrise for a moment, right? So this is a picture of a sunrise. If you turn the clock back, let's say 15 minutes from this moment, I don't know exactly, it may have been dark, okay? Anybody here see the sunrise today? No, it's unspiritual people. <laughs> Come on, Lord. No, so listen. So if you watch the sunrise, right before the sun rises, it's dark. But as the sun rises, guess what happens? The darkness goes away. You see? The more sun, the less dark. You see? Because it's talking about the nature of God. Life on earth is powered by the light of the sun. Life on earth. And then our lives are powered by the light of God in our hearts. And what God, what he begins by saying is, look, God is light. When the sun comes up, the darkness has to go away. You don't get, you don't get a, 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 a night and a day at the same time. No, when the sun comes up, it's day. Because light is greater than darkness. Could somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And here's what he's saying, if you want to understand fellowship and really experience the joy of the Lord, deep happiness in your life, it's important to understand that in him there's no darkness at all. God is light, in him there's no darkness at all. When it comes to God, there's not even a drop, not even a hint of darkness in his being or in his nature. Now this is talking about the moral disposition of God. And what this is saying is, is that there's no evil in God. It's saying God never wants to do anyone wrong. His heart for you is always love. His desire for you is always to bless you and to help you. God is not mean. He's pure. He's perfect. He's loving. Hallelujah. There's no darkness in God. Not even a drop. Sometimes people say, you know, God is coming after me. God, is, God wants to get me. God doesn't want to get you. God wants to help you. God wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you from every evil. That is who he is. That is his way. He loves us with an everlasting love. In him, there is no darkness at all. Now, it's important for us to understand this. 
Because if you don't understand the fact that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all, there's, there's no sin in God, then a lot of times when you think about God and even when you think about coming to church or, or, or anything that relates to God, you get into rules and regulation mode. See, but if you're one of those people who you live in, when you think about God, you think about rules. When you think about God, you think about regulations. You don't understand the Lord. You see, instead of thinking about rules and regulations, what you need to think about is light and darkness. You need to realize that God just, he wants nothing to do with darkness. That's just the way he is. It's his nature. It's his way. And when you relate to God, you need to understand in him, he would never do you wrong. He only wants to bless you because he's pure and perfect. And even though you might have darkness in your life, even though you might choose darkness, on your worst day, brothers and sisters, in him there's no darkness at all. On your worst day, he loves you. On, in your worst moment, he wants to help you and deliver you, not cast you out. He wants to lift you up and clean you off. How many are thankful that his mercies are new every morning? That's who he is. He's just light. He's just pure. He's just perfect. And to know him is to know pure love. It's to know him is to know perfection. And see, sometimes we get into this rule and regulation mode and we don't understand that it's really a light or dark mode. And when you, when you come to know the Lord, look, when you come to know the Lord, just know this, okay, it's not, um, this is not a, quote, religion per se. This is a relationship. And so when you come to know the Lord, it's more about seeing the face of God and knowing God and walking with God. Look at how the Bible puts it in 1 Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. So powerful. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness... He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ Jesus. In other words, brothers and sisters, to really know God is to see the face of Jesus. To really walk with God is just to see the face of Jesus. Walking in the light is not about avoiding, uh, 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 is not about rules and regulations, should I say. Walking in the light is about seeking the face of God. And when you fall in love with the face of Jesus, you naturally avoid certain things that are in, in darkness because there's no darkness in him at all. So we have to understand that it's not about what you can or can't do. If that's where you're at, you're not getting it. It breaks my heart to think that one member of our church would be relating to God on the basis of rules and regulations. That's not it. Everything happens when you look in the face of Jesus. How many know when you fall in love with some, someone, all sorts of choices become so easy? Because you're in love. You see? And Jesus came because he loved us. How do you know? How do you know that on your worst day, he does nothing but love you? Here's how you know. God sent his son to die on the cross and to shed his blood. Greater love, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life. How many are thankful he has laid down his life for us? Could we praise God for the love of Jesus? So it's about his face. It's about his face. It's about being in love with the Lord and, and serving the Lord because you love him and and. And true fellowship flows not from learning rules and regulations. True fellowship flows from falling in love with Jesus. You see? And so God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. And then here's what he says. Since God is light, 
Our fellowship is with him first. Naturally, it naturally follows that light becomes the setting of our fellowship. Okay, light is the setting of our fellowship. It says if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In other words, light is what sets the stage and makes, makes it possible for us to have fellowship. I've been, I was asking the Lord this week, give me some simple examples so that people could get this. And so here's what the Lord brought to my mind, I think. Fellowship is a lot like kids playing in the park. Okay? Anybody play in the park when you were a kid? Here's what you learn. When the sun goes down, it's time to go home. Am I right? When the sun goes down, what, you, when you, I don't know about you, when I was a kid, what time do I have to be home? When the sun goes down right here. Right? Because everything changes when the sun goes down. You see, when the sun goes down, that's, you can't play, you can't enjoy yourself. It's not safe. It's not better. So look, when you think about God and you think about as God in terms of light and darkness, you need to recognize that this week you could be in a conversation and the conversation could be good. But look, when the sun goes down, it's time to get out of there. People start saying crazy things. They start saying things that are, are sinful and ugly. Guess what? It's time to get out of there. Why? Because in him there's no darkness at all. God doesn't want any part of that. You see, you, you, you simply speaking, you look at this or you look at that and it's plain and simple. Look, is that light or is it dark? Now, it's important for us to understand that... Yes, there is right and wrong, but right and wrong is more based on light or dark. And the world understands this, but the world can be deceived. It's important that we understand the difference between light and dark. And all this, look, this coming week, there will be a dozen opportunities for you to step into the dark or step away from the dark. Just remember, you step away from that conversation, right? You move away from that conversation. Why? Because you love the Lord. It's just, it's all the time. You know, last service I was thinking about this. It just kind of popped into to, to my mind. We were, you know, I've been traveling more and we were, we got, uh, I think we were going to Costa Rica. Flights got canceled, changed, we're running around and. It was just a mess, and finally we're standing in front of the lady, and you got switched from this plane to that plane and switched from this plane to that plane, and it was like unbelievable. Went from nice seats to exit road to like the back row, and uh, the lady's like, I'm sorry, but she said, but look, look on the bright side. She said, you might sit next to a pretty girl. <laughs> and I said, I already got one of those at home. Come on. You know, it was amazing. She kind of blushed. And she got happy. She got happy because she was like, oh, my goodness. Somebody loves the light. It's that simple. You want to call me a, a weirdo? So be it. I love the light. I love Jesus. I love the light. I'm not ashamed. Come on, put your hands together and say, we love the light, Lord. It's crazy, but we're living in a world where the, the world loves darkness and the church sometimes kind of loves darkness. Mm. But look, when it comes to sin, God wants no part of it. In him there's no darkness at all. You see? Look at what this says. It says, if we, if, no, no, go back. Look, it says, if we claim, if we claim. Now, claim is basically to make an opinion, to have an opinion. 
Now, First John, I got to pause here. You need to understand certain background of the book of John. The book of John was written in part to counteract the teaching of the Gnostics. So the Gnostics were a group of people during New Testament times that said that they had higher revelations. And they were spiritual and they actually had even higher revelations than the word of God. And part of what they said is that they got a higher revelation that said the spirit is good and the flesh is bad. And it doesn't matter what you do in the flesh because the flesh, when you die, your body stays here. Your spirit is what goes to heaven. Okay. And so they were saying you can indulge in whatever you want to do. In whatever you want. You can live however you want because that doesn't matter. You know, you can indulge in any kind of sin. That doesn't matter. But how many know it does matter to God because we're called to fellowship with God. And if you're indulging in darkness, you can't fellowship with Christ. It's not because of rules. It's because of love. It's because you don't want to disconnect from God. It's because you don't want to break the fellowship. With the Lord. And so the Gnostics, the Gnostics made this claim, but here's what John said. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Now here's, here's a, a, a very important thing to understand about lying. Okay. When we lie, there are two sides to lying. On one side... You can lie to people. You can live a double life. And you could like fool lots of people. Uh, you can't fool God. Okay. But if you're living a double life, you could come to church, do the cultural thing, sing, do whatever you want. You could serve, you know. But you're not in fellowship with God and you're not in fellowship with anybody else. It's a lie. You see? And, and to say that I'm walking with God and living a double life and living in darkness, okay, that grieves God. That hurts the Holy Spirit. That, that grieves Jesus. And in the end, there's nothing good that comes from living in a lie. There's no blessing. The Bible says the pleasures of sin are light and momentary, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Right? Can, can I talk to you a little bit more about sin? Can I talk to you about sin? It's important. So, so, the other type of lying is when you lie to yourself. You see, sometimes we start to become very Gnostic in our bent. And because we love something... And we start to fall in love with the world and the things of this world. We start to fall in love with sin. You know, like I, I, I had a wife once say to me, my husband watches rated R movies right in front of my, my children. Okay, so, well, they got to learn someplace. That's a big lie. That's a big lie. You see, and we start crafting things. And we start telling ourselves stories, but here's what it says. If we claim to have fellowship with God and yet walk in darkness, we lie. And the truth is not in us. But listen, the Bible says that the truth will set you free. The opposite of truth is bondage. So look, if you're here today and you're living a lie, you're in that space, just know this. Jesus loves you. All you have to do, no matter how deep the darkness, those that walked in darkness, the Bible says, have seen a great light. How many know Jesus wants to shine his great light right here, right now? But listen, I want to take this a little bit deeper because, because the Bible actually teaches that you could have either fellowship with light or fellowship with darkness. I have to say this to you because I love you. I have to put this out there. This is a very, very important truth because I don't want you to miss out on your walk with God. 
I don't want you to miss out on the blessing of the Lord, on the strength of the Lord, on the victory of the Lord, on the freedom of the Lord, on the joy of the Lord. All of these are the things that come from our fellowship, but you have to be careful who you're fellowshipping with. That's true. So listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says this. Therefore, my dear friends, my dear friends, I want you to know Paul's not angry. I'm not angry either. Therefore, you know, sometimes you preach against sin and people say, he's so angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> Look, this is parents' love. That's the way to pastor. You know how to, you know how you pastor? You pastor like a parent. You love the people like you love your children and your grandchildren. That's the way we feel about you. So watch. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, look, I'm just talking common sense. Use common sense in this moment. Okay, that's what he's saying. Watch what he says. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation? Everyone say participation. Do you know what that word means? It means fellowship. It's the same word in the Greek. Okay, as fellowship. It means participation. Fellowship means collective participation. Communion, connection. So here's, here it is. It's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ. When we take communion, we'll take communion next week. Okay? So is it, is, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. We are many, but we are one body. When we take communion, we're participating of the one bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life, and we have fellowship with him. Are you thankful for the opportunity and the privilege to have fellowship with him? So watch, look at what he says. Now consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate fellowship in the altar. Now it's talking about, about uh, 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 an altar of idols. Do I mean then that food sacrificed to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No. But listen, the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons. Oh, snap. Not to God. I do not want you to be everyone participants with demons. Oh, snap. Listen to this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. That's a great way. You know, let me tell you, this right here will set a lot of confusion. Whose cup is it? Is it the cup of the Lord? Okay, if it's the cup of the Lord, drink deep. You see, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Whose cup is it? Watch. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. So just, I'm not even going to touch some of this. But think about places that you could go. Think about places that you might be invited to. Situations, conversations. Okay, it's simple. Would you fellowship with Jesus there? Whose cup are you drinking? You see? It's, when you fall in love with God, you don't want any more of that. Amen? Look, Kanye West just put out an album that says, that's called Jesus is King. You know, it's so funny. I tested you. I tested you. Because in the last service, I said Kanye West put out an album, Jesus is King. And some people went, I don't want the pastor to know I'm listening to Kanye. <laughs> Go ahead and praise God. He's, he's saying Jesus is King. It's all right. Now listen, I want you to think about this. 
I'm not endorsing Kanye West, okay? Uh, uh, here's what I am saying. I see Kanye West based on what I heard him say. I see Kanye West as a baby Christian. Just remember, when you were a baby Christian, you said and did a lot of crazy things. How many would thank God for the mercy of Jesus? Okay. Someone said to me last service, yeah, they're saying Kanye West is a false prophet. How could he be a false prophet? He just got saved like two days ago. My prayer is that someone would protect Kanye West. That the church would cover him and guard him and let him grow in God. Just like everybody else should be able to grow in God. You know, I, got, I, I remember the story of, of uh, some guys in Teen Challenge. They were in, in the choir and they were singing around and they were singing at, at, at a church. And there was a guy saved like three or four months. And um, so it was like his day to give his testimony. So he got up and he said, hi, my name is so-and-so. I've been serving God for four months. I love Jesus. He saved my life. He's done this. I used to serve the devil. But let me tell you something about the devil. That devil and blankety-blank and he started cursing. And the leader came over and grabbed him by the... He said, remember, he's a baby now. You know? How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus that saves us from sin? Hallelujah. But here's a funny thing. I want you to really think about this as I'm watching this whole deal. Here's a funny thing. I watched an interview by Kanye. And Kanye's saying, look. The guy says, so we're going to hear the old Kanye? What about your old songs? You mean to tell me you're not going to sing? He says, I'll never sing those songs. He said, I don't want to sing any of those things anymore. I belong to the Lord now. What is he saying by that? You know what he's saying? He's saying, I have fallen in love with Jesus. I don't want to fellowship with darkness anymore. Wait, wait, listen to this. Listen, I, he said, look, I used to be hooked on pornography. Jesus is setting me free. He's saying, that music I used to sing, that doesn't help marriages. Isn't it interesting? And this is an observation I have made over the years. And I want you to pay very close attention to this. Especially if you grew up in church, you've been in church a long time. Please listen to what I'm going to say. It's an amazing thing. A guy does seven years, ten years in prison. He lived a crazy life. He gets, he gets saved. He comes out and you talk to him. He wants nothing to do with darkness. I mean, not even a little bit, not even a touch, nothing. That's darkness. I don't want anything to do with that. I used to serve the devil. I don't want to serve the devil anymore. And then a lot of times you get Christians. They grew up in the church. They're used to it. And they're always thinking about how close can I live by the edge? And how close can I live by the edge? If you're one of those people, always, how close can I live by the edge? You're not in love with Jesus. I want to encourage you, fall in love with Jesus. Come on, how many want to be in love with Jesus? Hallelujah. I just want to, I just want to be with Jesus. It's a crazy thing. Uh, how, how sometimes, and this is happening, this is happening that sometimes in the church, and, and last thing, and we're going to close. Look, when someone really loves the Lord and they don't want darkness, please don't call them a weirdo. Please don't act like the people who love the face of Jesus are the strange ones. Okay? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I see some of you trying to work through this. Yeah. When you fall in love with God, it's, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. There is nothing like your love. Come on, lift your hands for a second. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. 
There is nothing like your love. There is nothing like your love. Yes, yes, yes. Love not the world or the things of this world. Hallelujah. Friendship with the world is like enmity with God, the Bible says. He just flat out loves us. He loves us. I'm overwhelmed today by the love of Jesus. I'm overwhelmed by his love. Come on, let's praise him for his amazing love. Hallelujah. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us, oh God. Thank you for your beautiful, wonderful, amazing face, oh God. We want your face, Lord Jesus. We want your face, oh God. We want your face, Lord. We want your face. Fall in love with this face. When you fall in love with this face, the rules are like nothing. Like nothing. Oh, hallelujah. All right, let me just close with this last thought. Because, look, look, look to that side of the room. Look, look at all the people that side of the room. Look at all of the people this side of the room. Can I tell you something? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, they need you. You need them. But they need you in the light. They need you in the light. Because light is what empowers our fellowship. The light of God is what sets our fellowship on fire. You see, look. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. Look, I'm looking here at T. T, how long have you been coming to our church now? Three years. T has been coming to our church for three years. T was a classmate of... Uh, Pastor Matt's classmate at Northwestern. He's a bright guy. I mean, a really bright guy to get through Northwestern, right? He, he, he's got a great job. He's all of these things, you know. But look, I wouldn't know T, and I wouldn't feel like T is my brother if it wasn't for Jesus. But God brought T into the light, and he brought me into the light, and now we're brothers, aren't you? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? What good would I be to T if I wasn't in the light? I couldn't help him. I couldn't encourage him. You see, you realize that Bible verses without light, it's dead. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Go home. Go home and get in the light with the Lord. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next week we'll talk about the, the precious gift that the blood of Jesus is. But look, here's what happens. You spend time with the Lord. And then somebody near you, they need what God gave you. Not only do you need it, but they need it. You know? And you come up to them and you have no idea. You're just full. You have no idea. And you bump into them. And you say something to them. And what you said becomes the word of the Lord, the word of life, the word of light. The word that says, devil, get thee behind them right now in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look, I'll tell you that a just story came to me. I went to Bible college, and I was in Bible college about three months, and I was, I just got, I was really discouraged one day. I'll never forget this. So discouraged. I was so discouraged, I wanted to quit Bible college. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, these people are 18, 19, I'm 24 years old. I left a job. What am I doing here? This is crazy. And I just should just quit. And I'm trying to figure out how I could get my job back and all this kind of stuff. 
And uh, I had a friend who was a real prophetic guy. So he walks in the room, hey, how, what's up? I'm going, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, what's wrong? I was like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm not doing so well, you know. I, just, I said, I'm kind of discouraged. I don't know if I belong. He said, this, you don't belong here? He said, that's just the devil. He put his hand on me. He went in the name of Jesus. And he prayed over me for two or three minutes. And when he was done, I was like, oh, it's all good. Let's go eat, man. You know, it's all good. How many know we need some prophetic friends in our life to pray the devil right off of us? God wants you to be that for somebody. God wants somebody to be that for you. That's the fellowship. Let's lift our hands to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. Could you, come on, let's just tell him we love him. Just, we're going to sing, God, we love you. We love your face. God, we love your word. We love your kingdom. God, we desire to be near you. We want to be like you. We want to be in your light. We want to walk with you, God. Oh, we love you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for receiving us, oh God. Thank you that even when we walk in darkness, all we have to do is step into the light and you receive us. You receive all of us today, oh God. Hallelujah. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your There is nothing like your love. Come on, sing him a love song today. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. There is nothing like your love. One more time. I just want to be where you Come on, declare it to him. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. There is nothing like you are holy. Come on, declare it. There is nothing like your love. Hallelujah. 
We love you, we love you, we love you, Lord. Come on. Tell them, I love you, God. Even if you have to say, Lord, forgive me for that, but Lord, I love you, and I want you, I want your face. I want fellowship with you. God, we love you today. We love you, we love your nature, we love your light. We love the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that we see in your face, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Hallelujah. God, help everyone here to, to have deep fellowship with you first. God, strengthen everyone's relationship. I pray that idols would be destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that idols would be torn down by your powerful spirit, oh God. By a new love relationship. Release your power so that we'll love you. And then, Lord, here's, come on, everyone, even join hands across the aisle. I know that this will bless the heart of God. Take someone's hand. I want you to pray, God, bless our fellowship. Would you pray that this church would have deep fellowship, that we would experience God and that we would share God? Come on, pray. God, make us like a New Testament church, oh God. Make us like the first century church. Men, women of God that are sold out to you, God. God, I pray for deep fellowship to be released in the body, oh God. God, help us to encourage one another, to build each other up, to strengthen each other, God, because we're sharing you, because you're meeting in our becoming groups, because you're meeting at lunch with us, oh God. And when we, when we work out together, God, and, and the different things, when our families get together, when our children get together, bless our fellowship, I pray, oh God. Oh God, make us a blessing to our brothers and sisters. Help us, help us to be a blessing, to bring the word of the Lord, the word of life, the word of encouragement, oh God. I pray for the instructed tongue that sustains the weary. May it be released all over this building right now. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for this time that we could be with you and with each other. Bless every family. Bless every marriage. Bless every child. Bless every home, oh God. God, send your presence to each apartment, oh God. Be with us. Walk with us. Strengthen us and bless us to strengthen others. We thank you, we love you, we believe you to do it all. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, come on, let's give God one more hand clap offering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord our God. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, turn and greet four or five people before you go. God bless you.